Welcome to Crime Corner, where we examine all things crime, whether it be on the page, on the screen, on the street, or in the courtroom. I'm Matt Coyle, author of the Rick Cahill Crime Series, and I'll be your host for as long as it takes. Tonight, we're not going to examine all things crime. We're going to examine all things, or most things, marketing. My guest, Jane Ubel Meyer, is the creator of Bedside Reading, an innovative program that places books by bedsides and luxury hotels and in the media. The goal being to help expand the author's fan base and promote the author's book in the media. The hotel clients include, and this is a small list of 24 hotels, Waldorf Astoria, Mandarin Oriental, Fairmont, among others. Her bedside reading portfolio includes, as I mentioned, 24 hotels. Her publishing clients are, among others, Random House, Simon & Schuster, HarperCollins, Hachette, Macmillan, Kensington, as well as some of the small publishers and indie authors. So, once again, top of the list. Jane's experience as a journalist, television and film producer, and entrepreneur led her to realize that anyone who is an entrepreneur or entrepreneur can always use a roadmap, guidance, and help as they market their business. Welcome, Jane Ubelmeyer, or Ubelmeyer. Hello. Hi, I'm here. I just it okay. got cut out for a second. Right. So, hi, Matt. Welcome. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. Excellent. Thank you. So, how did you come up with the idea of bedside reading? Well, it's actually a fun story. I wasn't fun for me at the time, but I was 20 years old or 20-something, and like young 20-year-olds, we all do silly things for love. I was dating a guy who was a scuba diver, and he said to me, Janie, if you want to go scuba diving with me in the Caribbean, you should learn how to scuba dive and get certified. So, of course, like an idiot young 22-year-old, I jumped into the YMCA pool in New York City learned how to scuba dive, and got certified in a disgusting quarry in New Jersey. And we went to the Caribbean. And as he opens up to this beautiful hotel room, it was a suite in St. Martin, he turns to me and he goes, you know, Jane, I'm just not into you. And I was devastated. And the night before, luckily, my stepmother, Marsha, gave me a book to read called Cry to Heaven by Anne Rice. And it was Mm. this book that saved my entire vacation. So it was for seven full days I had to deal with this guy who was not interested in me, but I was really got into the book. And from then on, I realized it was a great pairing, hotels and books. And it I'm was hoping... a germ of a seed. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, go ahead. No, I said it's, it was a germ of a seed for me. And later in life, after being a TV producer and a movie producer and all my other entrepreneurial careers, I said, you know what, this kind of makes sense. And so I started in August 15th of 2017 with my first hotel was the Mandan Oriental, New York. And I'm proud to say my first book was Salman Rushdie's The Golden House. And Kelly Corrigan, wow. tell me more. Wow. We're going to get right back to bedside reading, but I want to know the hotel uh, in the, where the guy said he wasn't into you. What, <laughs> were there twin beds, I hope? You know what? There were there were two queen size beds. Okay, yeah, because you had a you had a week to go, right? <laughs> I had seven days, right? And uh, imagine you're under you're also scuba diving, so you're underwater, and anything can happen underwater. So it was, why, uh, it was not it was fun. It was not. Why fun. were you scuba diving with this guy after he dumped you? Well, you know, I had 
taken, you know, I had taken this course. I learned right. how to dive, and I got certified, and I kind of did enjoy it in the warm Caribbean water. So, you know, I was there, and I, we went cliff diving, and we had some good experiences. It wasn't so terrible. It wasn't terrible all the time. So. <laughs> that sounds like a winner. Okay, so luxury hotels. Why four- and five-star hotels and not Super 8s? Cheap people like me like to read, too. You do like to read. I know. But that's not my clientele. The, the reason why we focused on five-star hotels, there are actually a few reasons. One, if you are an author, what do you really want? You want to build your fan base. You want more people reading your books and buying your new books and your past books. So what better way to get a new fan than to go and place the book directly into the hands of somebody who actually is a reader? And we do know the demographics of people that stay in four and five. Most of my hotels are four and a half, five-star hotels. They're sophisticated. They have money. They are travelers. And they like to read. And we know, we do know for a fact that business people are readers. And people that go on vacation love to take books to the pool and to the beach. So it, for me, it made sense. They're also great while you're scuba diving. Right. <laughs> That's right. Get the okay. um, what are the, the plastic um, zipper right. protector. They're carving, protector. They're, carving pun- they're carving pumpkins underwater right now. Okay, so you you're getting you're you're grabbing some of these readers. Um, Yes. They're getting free books, so they may find an author yeah. they like. But, okay, that seems like a pretty big outlay for picking up a couple authors. What else do these people do? You're so with the people what are the in things, these hotels. Okay, so one of the most important parts of the program is that if your book is at the Waldorf Astoria Beverly Hills, they will, in fact, because of our agreement with them, they will promote your book to their thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Instagram followers. The same thing with the Mandan Oriental New York has about 73, 74,000 followers on Instagram. They'll post a photograph of the book in a, in a room. They'll tag it. They'll promote it. So in essence, you're really getting endorsed by a five-star property. And that's really important. If you're going to be on, if you're an author, you need to be, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, all the social media platforms. And this gives you another marketing tool for you to promote. They're promoting you. You then repost it and so on and so forth. So the hotel, all of my hotels have an agreement with me that they will post the author's book on their social media feed. Okay. And some of these people, let's say these hotels are movers and shakers. And I would think, they might have a lot of followers on social media as well if they do it. And um, if, you know, word of mouth is the best way to sell books. Um, so I imagine some of them, they like a book, they might post about it. That's true. I mean, it does happen, but we don't rely on that. What we rely on, uh, besides the hotels posting books, I have relationships with many different magazines and media outlets because I've been in the media for 25 plus years. So I actually, because of my relationship, I've made agreements with other media outlets to guarantee media placement so that a book gets guaranteed 13 to 15 million media impressions for every single month they're with me. 
So we add a layer of media. We add a layer of the hotel's promotion. We add our own promotion. In fact, tonight we just sent out our October newsletter, and that goes out to 8,000 people. While these 8,000 people may not be a lot of numbers, these are actual real readers, people that have subscribed to bedside reading because they like books. So that's a targeted audience. So the whole bedside reading program, this is not to be a commercial. I'm not here to do that, but I'm just explaining that I really believe about book marketing. You have to be marketing every day. You have to be doing something. So what our program does is we take a slice of that out of your life so that we can handle that for you. And it's, you know, it's constantly marketing. And there's so many ways to market a book, but you have to do a lot of different things today in order to stand out from the millions and millions of books out there. You know, I, I read this uh, fact the other day. Well, it's a fact. It's on. It's, it's on. Um, um, it was on Google that I saw that I I googled how many independent authors uh, publish books annually, and in twenty, I think it was twenty seventeen, it was one million nine thousand and eleven, something like mm-hmm. that. And that and that was back in twenty seventeen, and now we're in twenty nineteen, headed into twenty twenty. And that exponentially, that growth is probably about 30 or 40%. So, you know, there are millions of writers out there. And every year, if you have, let's just say you have a flat out million, you know, independent authors out there each year. How do you stand out? What are you going to do to get the attention of that potential reader? And that's why we do our program, because we need to help authors get out there and get ahead of the crowd. Not every author can spend money and buy a New York Times, you know, ad, or you know, they don't may not have money for a publicist to get them other publicity. So right. that's why we have our layered approach. Yeah, I think that um, one thing that I learned because I I don't just talk about the hair club; I am a member. Um, is and it that- works really well for you. Yeah, it works in the beard area particularly. Uh, is the uh, the media part of it that I that you know I wasn't maybe I wasn't paying attention when I asked you a thousand questions, um, but that you know I was in women's world, which you know what was the chance of me ever being in women's world? And they have a huge um, reader base, and yes. there just seems like every every month there was some other publication of some kind that I would show up or some media possibility so it's not just the hotels however there is a different there is someone else that has to if you're with a publisher and you're not independent that has to agree to this so how because there's books free books have to go to the hotels you are giving these things away or the hotels are and the publishers are also right so how receptive have publishers been to be giving away these free books so publishers know that when they create a campaign for a bestseller they earmark thousands and thousands of books to be seeded or given away to influencers. And we're part of that marketing campaign. We're a small part of that campaign, actually. So they do know that when they have a book they want to get out there in mass, I know one uh, publisher I work with, they set aside 4,000 books just to give away, just to seed it before the pub date. Now, I worked on a campaign five months before the book came out. And so every single month we had different hotels pushing and pushing and pushing a book out. And that was a really great, that was a very successful campaign. 
Look, Carol Westover in the book Educated, which is the, was the number one book last year, you know, I don't know how many books Random House gave out, but they were giving them out like it's water, and it really worked. So that's what the big publishers do today. All right, you just opened yourself up. You said it really worked. What would an author, a royalty-starved author who's had limited park, uh, marketing dollars, what would a victory be for them if they did your program? What would they? What would? How could you? How can they tell it's been successful? Well, so we don't sell books, and I make it very clear to people that's not what we do. We get exposure for the author, and the author is a brand. And if you're going to have a career as an author, we want to get your name out as a brand. So how do we do that? You want to be seen as many places as long as you can for as often as you can. I mean, even our program with you, Matt, we ended up – we got very lucky – you know, I did work hard on it, but we were in not only Women's World and Close for Women and Hollywood Weekly and all kinds of magazines. But, you know, we came up with an idea and, you know, we took a photograph and all of a sudden that photo was photo of the week in Publishers Weekly. So what does that do? Everybody in the publishing industry, everybody reads Publishers Weekly. It's the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that photograph, that day that we were – photo of the week or photo of the day it went everywhere whether they and believe it or not i mean i got so many emails from people saying oh that was really cool uh for people that didn't see it we put you in a bed with me on one side and another woman on another side and we're all reading uh, uh wrong light and that is photograph pardon me is rick listening right yes, now he, actually no he's not okay, he's not listening but Right, exactly. But uh, he gave me permission to be in bed with you. And besides, there were three of us. Most who's, husbands Who's going to say no to that? Right, who's going right. to say no to that? So what happened was that that photograph was actually the start of part of my branding, which exactly. was a very cool question. That was exactly one of my questions. It became your signature branding, and it was kind of it a did. spontaneous thing, as, as I remember. I mean, looking back on yeah. it, it's exactly what should you should be posted. It's exactly what should be your branding. But it was a kind of a – I mean, none of us thought about it in the time when you mentioned it, We thought, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's get into bed with a book. Exactly, because I'm bedside reading. That made sense. But here's the thing. Let's go back to something that you just said, which was it was a spontaneous idea. One of the things that I've learned about book marketing is to be authentic to you as an author. So – if you took your book to a salon and to get a pedicure, that may not be you, Matt, although I could see you there getting your toes painted. You might painted. be surprised. You might be surprised. It might be, I might, you know what? I might be surprised. But for me, you know, I look at all these Instagram feeds of really stylized, gorgeous feeds, and you know what? The engagement is not there. Every time I do a funny, silly little um, posting on Instagram, like I was out in the Hamptons, uh, this week, and it was right before this big storm was coming, and I put some books at the Barron's Cove, which is one of my hotels, on this um, stone ledge, and the wind was whipping up and flapping the first book on top of this little pile of books, and I did a video of it. It was like, you know, Auntie Anne, Auntie Anne. It's like the hurricane, the um, tornado was coming, 
and it was so cool when I posted on Instagram and it got so many more likes and visual, you know, engagement more than just a static post. And to me, that was a moment of authenticity where I went, oh, this is kind of cool. And that would be a cool moment to market this book this way. Oh, so that's what happened when we were, the title of that book was, um, I don't remember, actually. I had like so many books. Um, I don't know, I need to look on my Instagram. Right. I have a number of them. But um, so the, the point being, if you're going to be marketing a book, do it in an organic, authentic way. And don't do anything that doesn't feel right to you and your brand. Because the most important thing about book marketing is not the title of the book. It's about marketing the author's name. That's what I tell everybody, and it's so true. You know, one time I was at a hotel, and two things happened. I was at a hotel in, uh, it was Rancho La Puerta. It was like 25, 30 years ago. And I went to the library, and I picked up a book called Daddy by Luke Durant, and it was a book that's out of print. I read it. I loved it so much that I kept held it for 20 years. I gave it to my current husband, my current husband, my husband, Rick. <laughs> Uh, my current husband, I gave it to my husband, and then he and we searched out all these different obscure bookstores, and we found other copies, and we bought it and gave it to other people. That's how much we loved that book by Luke Durant. Another time, I was some, in some hotel, I went, you know, bookstores are not are kind of disappearing, many of them, and I was able to pick up a book by Louise Penny. I read that book. It was the number fourth in her series, and I went back to one, two, three, and then I've read all like 10 or 15 of her books ever since. I can't right. tell you the name of her book, but I sure. will tell you I've looked for any Louise Penny and Michael Connolly and other authors that I read all the time. Even Nelson DeMille I read. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love, I love, I go for the name, go for the name. Stephen King, he just plopped a book on my desk today, personally. No I'm kidding. Um, called the Institute, and I love Stephen King. So I'm gonna. It's very heavy, so I'll probably just download the the ebook, you know. But I'm not because it's too heavy to carry. But so it's the name. Always, it's always be marketing your brand. Well, you just mentioned ebook. Is that an option yes. for people at hotel for to do bedside reading? You know, it is an option, and we have what we do is we recommend that an author who does not want to spend money to place their books in hotels because they don't want to shell up the dollars for the physical books, they, and if they own the rights, they can go to like Mr. Prince and get a plastic card. We'll design it for them, and they pay for a, a you know plastic card which will have a download link to our website where we can host an ebook. We're working with an audiobook company that can do that as well. And then we place the plastic cards in a folder that says bedside reading ebook in the hotel. And we're doing that with a friend of yours, actually. I think her name is Mel Greenberg, running with our eyes closed. She's doing that in New York uh, this month. Cool. And at the, at the James New York Soho. However, and here's the big but. Oh. Here's the big but. The big but is that we don't really see that many downloads of the books. We know that the people take the cards with them because people never throw away anything that's laminated or plastic cards because they know there's value there. They put it in their purse or their wallet or their briefcase or whatever. We're not seeing that many downloads. But 
we still get all of the media and the hotel promoting the book. But right. I have to tell you, it's much better to have a book, but if you can't afford it, it's all about yeah. branding anyway. You want to get that name into the hotel, into every room. I think it's I think regarding people not downloading is that it's just an extra step they have to go through. I think you know, there's a free book. I took it, I stuck it in my bag, that's easy, but you know, they have to get home. First of all, and, and it's nice to have a laminated card, but it's also easy to lose your briefcase or something or your uh, luggage. But um, it's good to know that there's that option. Um, let me ask you this. Do you have any competitors that you yeah. have? Oh, people are doing this now. Well, um, first of all, I, I'm the first person in the world to do this. You know, I did a good job with Gideon's Bible, didn't I? Yeah. I'm, not, so? I'm, just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Right, no, I'm kidding. No, no. Nobody, you know, I had, here's the funny thing. I had a, um, a friend of mine, Brian, two friends, Brian and Hazel, they were in Massachusetts at a hotel and they were at this hotel and they said, oh, look, look what's in the room. They took a picture of two children's books. So I said to them, wow, is that free or do you have to pay for it? And then I go, oops, we have to pay for it. Mm. So people, there are libraries and hotels, which I applaud. There are books occasionally in hotel rooms, but oftentimes they have to pay for it. And if they don't, then I haven't heard of it. I have not heard of another company, and I'm in year three of bedside reading. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of another company doing this? Well, I'm thinking of starting one up, um, but mine, like, would be the, okay. like I said, the Super 8s. I'm thinking of the Super 8s and the uh... – <laughs> right. Off-brand so, motels where I stay when I travel for, uh, hotels, yeah. for books, my my tour. Um, all right. So some of the who are some of the authors that you've um, that have been because I know there's a pretty extensive and impressive list, but give me some big names who have done bedside reading. Okay. okay let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me, let me explain. Let me, before you go, before you go, I don't. And people listening, uh, this probably may sound like an infomercial. Jane's a friend of mine and does a great job. But the people that listen to the show listen about they do like to listen about crime, but they listen about they want to know about the writing industry and things and opportunities. So that's why I'm getting as much information out as I can about this because I think it's a I think it's a great idea and it's not that expensive. No, it's not. Anyway, so um, some of the people. Okay. Okay. So Harlan Coben, uh, we had his book Don't Let Go. Salman Rushdie, The Golden House, The Fl- The Flight Attendant by Chris Bojelian. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Gardner, uh, we had right behind you. One of my favorite books is The Wife Between Us. Uh, we had Final Girls by Riley Sager. Um, I mentioned Tara Westover, Educated. Uh, J.T. Ellison, Lie to Me. We have had a number of very big business authors um, in our world. We've had, um, I don't know, let's see, the... Um, Probably you probably would not. I'm Dan Abrams. Do you remember sure. him? Yeah. Okay, we've had his book. Uh, let's see, The Blind. Af Alex Brady. Af Brady. I love her. She's awesome. Um, we've had a number of uh, the Company of Demons. Michael Jordan. Matt mm. Coyle, if you know him. No. Uh, Are you The girl he used. The guy from the name I cared about. I don't care about the other ones. Um, but let me ask you okay. <laughs> a question I hadn't actually written down beforehand, but I just thought of now, is that because I know you do do a lot of business books. Um, so yeah. what do you think the – I don't know the proper question for this. 
like the ratio between people grabbing the business versus a novel, because this is high end. Oh. This is business travel, business travel hotels, obviously. Um, I'm just, I just wondered about that because I know you, pretty, you, know, you pretty much cover, you cover a lot of genres. We do. So here's the way it works. I mean, when we place books at a hotel, we'll do like, if you went into the Fairmont Miramar today, you would probably have one or two books right by the bedside, and one book would definitely be fiction. Another book might be uh, a business book. I don't saturate my hotels with business books. We, we do it fairly strategically, and we don't do it every single month. But we do know that a lot of these hotels have you know, business conventions, and sure. they, business people are readers, and they like business books. You know, Bill Gates and I think Warren Buffett, it's been said that they read 50 to 60 business books annually. So they're wow. busy reading, and they that's what they do. Leaders are readers. And from my point of view, I'm, I'm in business, but I'm not a big business book reader. I prefer fiction, and I prefer crime and mystery and thrillers. That's the genre that I love, absolutely love. Uh, there you go, so, folks. She likes her yeah, stuff. This, I do, and you know that I do, and I gobble them up, and I love to read them, and um, I just discovered Danielle Gerard, and she has a whole slew of books out, and I just picked up her, her book last night, and believe it or not, it's reading for me is the, it's my meditation. I should be meditating, but I'm reading, so that's what I do. Well, it's a chance to go out of your own body, go somewhere, you know, go somewhere else while you're that's, sitting there. I'm on vacation. Cheap. <laughs> Cheap way to go on vacation. Yeah. Listen, and I have a great because I get free books. Yeah, and so do the customers that go to your hotels. That's okay, this right. is a personal, personal question. Have you ever taken on a client who asks more questions with his arms folded and a scowl on his face than me? No. In fact, when we first met, you probably don't remember this. Every time I was, I was talking about the program, you were just basically saying – you're so like full of it. You're this is no, you I just thought I was that. a big Yeah, you were. You just you were questioning every single thing I was saying. You just thought I was full of shit. And basically and, and then I finally said to you, When is your birthday? And you said <laughs> December fifteenth. And then I said, So is mine and he said you said to me, You're lying and I whipped out my driver's license and you were shocked. Probably shocked to see my age, but you were shocked that, was to shocked, that we yeah. both had the same right. Yeah. We both had the same birthday, and I think after that, you you got me. You know, I didn't think you were full of. Sh- I didn't think you were full of shit. Your email came to me on my web email address, which I do get a lot of. <laughs> I, my website email address, which I do get a lot of, sure. you know, people willing to wanting to spend my money to promote my books. And so I always have a, I always have a farms folded opinion of that, but I did, um, I looked at your website and I saw (laughs) that Liz uh, Clark Fenton was on there who I just met at an event. Yeah. I didn't know her well, emailed her and, but I liked her from talking to her at the event. And I said, Hey, thumbs up or thumbs down. She goes, excited, you know, thumbs up. So then I went, met you <laughs> and asked a lot of questions. I didn't think you were full of shit, but I really wanted to know, I wanted to know what everybody else got out of it. I, I wanted to know what the hotels were getting out of it, why it made sense for them as well. But anyway. Um, so Liz Fenton is first of all, amazing. Um, and we did a, her job, her book. We had a very interesting, um, I'm trying to think of. She has a co uh, yeah. Lisa. 
she does. Yes, she does. And so we had, um, we just had a great time with her and her book was, we did a great job with her. You know, from Liz, I'll tell you, I had Karen Slaughter, and I met Karen Slaughter. We had her audio book in the program, and she was so excited to meet me, as I was excited to meet her, because, like, who is the person behind, it's like the Wizard of Oz, who's the person behind the screen doing all this magic? Although, Wizard of Oz was BS, but we were, we were really behind the scenes doing so much for these authors, and it's very rare when you work with a major publisher that you get to talk to these authors. So... One of the reasons why I totally love my independent authors is because I get to get my hands on them and really work with them one-on-one, and I get to coach them, and I get to tell them what to do because, you know, that's what I do, and I get to push them in other directions, and I'm 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 just a little pusher. That's what I do. Yeah. God, I know. Um, So I know you have a million ideas, but we're running show low on time, and Angus is looking at me because I haven't fed him yet. But so you are an out of the box thinker. Give our listeners a an out of the box marketing option opportunity. It doesn't really cost anything, or that's cheap that they could do when their book comes out. Okay. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that. You should not be alone in this. Being an author is a business. So the first thing you're going to think about is how do you, how do I get money for my business? What I would do is I would go to a local bank because they have money. That's where the money is. And say to them, I'm a local customer, and hopefully you are, and I have a book. Can you host a book signing party for me? Let them bring in all these people. Let them pay for the wine and cookies or whatever you have. And let them promote you. That's what I say. Go to Home Depot. Every major, um, I would say, store has a manager, and that manager has discretionary income, and they love to be part of the community. So insinuate yourself in their face and in a nice way. Get them to be your champion and let them host a party for you. But why do they care about a mid-list author like me who no one knows? Okay, so they don't look at the business the way you look at. They just say, oh, my God, this guy's wrote, written a book, and he's local. They need to be heroes to their local people. It's their promoting local people, and that's part of business today is to get as local as possible. So it's in their best interest to say, hey, this is a local uh, customer, and he or she has a book, and we're going to promote that person. Listen, I even got Walmart to promote a client of mine, and she became a spokesperson. They didn't give her any money, but they hosted her on their website. They gave her huh? money, they, and she became a spokesperson by speaking locally about women, women's issues, and they sold her book on their website. So there are many ways to think about doing this, but get a partner who can, who, where it's mutually beneficial so that they can promote your book and be part of your success. Okay, so is all is also the benefit for them as potential new customers, say for a bank? Oh, yes. Well, if the bank probably is always looking for new customers, but the bank needs a reason to have an outreach into the community. You know, a bank manager, their job is to constantly bring in new people. What better mm-hmm. way to bring in new people than to host a little cocktail party or a book signing party? 
even a dry cleaner needs new people. You know, even a hair salon needs new people. So you can always tap into that, you know, go to a hair salon and say, you know what, I want to do a book party. Maybe we could do something for the ladies here one night. We, I did that with a client of mine in Stanford, Connecticut, and they have a hair salon. And I said, you know, can we have a party and promote something? And she goes, absolutely. And she sent out an e-blast to all of our people, come meet Jane Bell, And we had a big party, and it was really fun. And it was successful. All right, here's, I'm going to ask you one more question, but here's my, here's my thought on, on your outreach, is that I would also find out if the bank manager was a mystery fan or if not, if they had one in the family, and I would give them a free book, a signed book, like when I met with them ahead of time. But if you can't Great write, if you're, a, if you're a hack, like all of us can be at times, that's going to be problematic. But um, So but here's the other thing is that – well, let me ask first, would you call them first or would you walk in and say, hey, I want to meet the manager? I would walk in and I would say, is the manager here? And just say, hi, my name is uh, Matt Coyle and I'm local and, and I have a book that's launching uh, December 3rd. And I think it would be a fun idea if we can get together a little book signing event at the bank. What do you think? Let me just say as – being a former restaurant manager, when someone comes in and asks, can I talk to the manager? You usually think it's bad news, so you might have a good idea here when it's actually not bad news for them. Um, okay, but here, here's my last question. Um, a lot of authors by nature are shy, and even I can be shy. Do you have any advice um, for authors who might be uncomfortable about asking businesses to host events? I mean, for you, it'd be easy. For some of us, not so much. Okay, first of all, snap out of it and get over it. You've got to think snap about out of your, your snap out of it. You got to think of your book as a business. So if you can't go out there, then get a friend to do it, then get a spouse to do it, then get somebody in your family to go out and do it. You have to think of this. You're in business now. You know, you sit there, you spend a year or whatever writing a book. You love it. You edit it. You spend money on it, and all of a sudden, now what? So your book can go absolutely nowhere, or you can take the time to strategize and say, okay, month one, I'm going to go do a book signing party. Month two, I'm going to do this. Month three, I'm going to do that. You have to think of this as a business. And so, by the way, Matt, I do have a free 30-day book marketing guide on my website. Anybody can download it, and that's number one. And number two, I think that um, if you're really shy and you don't know how to how to ask for, you know, how to ask someone to help you out, then you have to learn how to practice that. And it's really good to practice on family members, on friends, and just say, "Can I role play with you?" and practice. And don't forget, these bank managers are looking for an excuse. You're helping them out. This is not about what you want. It's about what you can do for them. What can you do for them? You can provide them a great excuse to have an event at their bank. Listen, every bank has an area in front of the tellers, right? It's all empty. Mm. There's nothing wrong with them when they close at 7 or 8 or whatever time. You say, hey, can we do a book signing? 
And I would bet you that they would all say yes. Even my local bank right here in Stanford would say yes. And I'm just telling you that they would. Because the value is that you're promoting them on Facebook. You're promoting them on Instagram. You can even call, you know, local, the, you know, we have something called the Stanford Patch, which is just an online, mag, you know, newspaper daily. And you, there are events that you can just post an event. There's a lot of ways to promote that particular event and bring people in. And like I've done event, having done events at libraries for maybe for like, um, Southern California writer, uh, Southern California um, chapter of Mystery Rise of America. When I've done events at libraries, as an example, they have done a great job of marketing. So the businesses will probably they're going to help you with their marketing as well. Um, anyway, all right. Well, that was a fun 37 minutes, and I didn't have a technical difficulty, which is pretty good for this show. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Jane. Thanks, Matt. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, and uh, I will see you at VoucherCon and many others can as well. That's right. And if anybody wants to come by and say hello to me, you know, you got to go through Matt first. Just kidding. That's the, it's the opposite way. Right. <laughs> they have to, they have, if they want to meet Matt, they have to go through me first. I'm the let gatekeeper. Me, right. Let me just warn people that she talks a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Glad, you, glad I finally got a laugh out of that. Okay, well, thanks for coming, Jane. Um, great interview. A lot of good stuff. We didn't even get to your incredibly – I mean, you got – there's so many things you've done in your life. All these television shows. You should go to uh, – actually, you sent me your bio, so I don't think it's on your website. You should put it on your website. You were t- uh, television yeah. producer for Good Morning America, Entertainment Tonight, The Morning Show, Mary Lou, Money and Power, Wall Street. Uh, you did a, produced a movie about Leona Hemsley, which I actually saw. And uh, amazing stuff. You've done a lot in your life. Apparently, you can't keep a job. Well, or that I'm really old. Well, we don't, we don't want to go there. I do know what day your birthday is. I don't remember when I looked at your – actually, when I, looked, when I looked at your driver's license, I did not look at the year. I looked at the date, the day, because I thought you were lying to me. But anyway, you might have done well, some happy, deep research. You might have done some deep research to find out when my birthday was and had a fake license made up. So you could get this Midwest Austin as one of your um, as one of your accounts. See, you, I know, I know you well enough to say you're not my Midwest um, author. You're my next Michael Connolly. That's right. I'm just saying, yeah. just saying. Same initials. You and Rick, right? Yeah. Are you and Rick Cahill? So there you go. <laughs> All right. So you see, that's the extra. You get extra promo from Jane. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. I'm going to be, I'm going to have you go away now, but I did enjoy talking with you. Thanks, Jane. Great stuff. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Matt. All right. Take care. You too. All right. So everybody, thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to be on a short hiatus. My next show will be in November. Not exactly sure when, probably the end of the month. And I think it's going to be with Naomi Hirahara, Edgar award-winning Naomi Hirahara. I'm grinding to make a deadline for my next books. Um, and it's really coming up tight so but i am pretty sure i'll have one in november it'll probably only be one also if you're in a book club and would like an author to answer questions somebody's calling me to answer questions and talk about his work i would love to talk to you you can find my email address on my website mattcoilbooks.com this is a copyrighted trademark podcast owned solely by the authors on the air global radio network thanks for listening <laughs>